this is Dr. Beth Trammell, and I am back for an exciting episode with my friend and colleague, Amanda Owens. Um, I actually had to like practice because you got married since we were working together. And so I was like, she was Amanda Charbonneau and now she's Amanda Owens. So I am really excited to have you here uh, to chat with us a little bit today about um, things that you see in your practice. But, you know, before we get started, how about you just give folks a little rundown of who you are and tell us something fun about you? Yes. So as Beth was saying, I am now Amanda Owens, formerly Amanda Charbonneau. I am a licensed professional clinical counselor supervisor, which is a huge mouthful. Yeah. Um, So, and I currently reside in Ohio, but also did a lot of work in Indiana before I left. So had a couple abilities to see different ways to do things and how different states can best offer resources. That's awesome. That's great. So basically you're a counselor and you work mostly with kids. Yes. Yeah. But you work, you work some with adults too, right? I do. I definitely have some, uh, some adult clients that I really enjoy working with, um, especially some, some of the younger adults newly in their careers, things like that. Yeah. That it's almost like that emerging adulthood, college age. It's, um, it's sort of a fun parallel to working with kids too, because they have, it's not like the, their problems are the same as like what our little kids are, but in some ways developmentally, it's fun to kind of have that range. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's interesting to hear even the adult clients I work with that have kids and how those impacts and impact them in positive and not so positive ways sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Right. We get both sides of that too. Yes. So tell us something fun about you. Something fun about me. Um, I put you on the spot here. We didn't talk about that. I would ask you. Uh, I mean, the funnest thing about me is my crazy dog. What kind of dog do you have? We, we have a very specific, she's a red bone coon hound, which people continually tell me, I guess, is the dog and where the red fern grows. Oh, okay. But she's a hound that smells everything that is a gorgeous red color. That's really, and she, she loves to walk and hike and run and she keeps us busy and digs lots of holes that I get to go fill in in the yard. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so fun. Oh she's my probably the funnest thing. And, and the thing that my clients most appreciate and enjoy. If she was a little bit calmer, she might be able to come to therapy with me, but she's not, she's still too little. Yeah. She's not quite there yet. Yeah. She's, she's a, she's two years old, but a, but still a hundred percent puppy. Yeah. Still like, just like a two year old toddler, really. Right. She exactly. Right. She needs lots of redirection, lots of behavior <laughs> modification, lots of treats. It's hilarious. It's like having a two-year-old at home. That's right. Lots of positive reinforcement, behavior planning. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Well, that actually may not be a bad lead into kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, the um, the podcast that we're putting together here that we're working on is, you know, called Kids These Days. And I just love that because I think it it really is the beginning of a sentence that so many of us working with kids could just fill in with so many different things. And so what is it that has been kind of on your mind a lot when you fill in that sentence? Kids these days, 
Yeah, absolutely. Kids these days rely on their parents for guidance and positive changes. Oh, I love that. I love that. So give us, give us a little rundown of what that means for you. Absolutely. So over and over again in therapy, whether it's the presenting issue or an issue that comes up secondary later, I hear parents asking of me, Amanda, how do I help my kid to be on their electronics more? How do I help them to exercise more? How do I help them? And you can fill in the blank, even with anything that your kid's going through. Amanda, how do I help my kid do this thing that I know would enrich their life? Sure. Yeah. And I think it's a very valid question. Yeah. And, and what I have found through, through therapy and through personal experiences and even watching it unfold in the, in the therapy room with play therapy and getting to witness it firsthand is kids take our lead. Totally. Uh, you know, and I'm sure parents see that, right? You know, you're in your house vacuuming and all of a sudden your kid is making a makeshift vacuum out of the yep. thing, you know, behind you and they're like, mom, I'm doing the same thing. You know, there's a reason all those toys exist because kids love to emulate us. They love to repeat. And so when parents ask me, what can we do? The first thing that comes to mind is how do we help the family? Mm. You know, if we're wanting our kid to not be on their electronic from 3 PM till 10 PM when they go to bed, how do we model that for them? How, how do we show them we're going to put ours down? Because I know I can be equally guilty of getting home from work and really, really looking at that phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tempting, right? I mean, it is very, I have thought and used the word addicting even in my own life, you know, it's like, I'm just addicted to my phone. I just click on the home button and I don't even have a reason. It's just, it's like, it's, I've used the word addiction and I've used the word habit, particularly related to electronics. Abs- addiction, habit. The, the other thing that comes to mind is absent-minded, which I think goes right in line with what you're saying. Like, and, and even sometimes when we're, we think we have a purpose, well, I'm getting on here because I want to check the weather or all of a sudden the weather turns into a Facebook post. I know we're all guilty of, I got online to check my email and all of a sudden it's 30 minutes later and I'm four rounds farther in Candy Crush or whatever really yeah. game that I'm not up to date on. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I play two dots and that's just, yeah. I just one more level and then the next level and the next level. Beth, I haven't, I can't believe that I do too. And they keep giving you three hours of free lives. Three hours. Three hours. And how easy is it to sit there for three hours? I know. I totally understand. And that's what we're upset the kids are doing. So true. And and so I think what's important is to start leading by that example of maybe we implement from six to seven o'clock, no one in the house is on electronics and take that a step further of let's all go put our electronics together somewhere. Yeah. I love that. Especially in these times really the most important people to us in far, as far as our immediate family are mostly with us, if not yeah. everyone. Yes. There's not a, Oh, my kid's going to call me to pick me up from practice. We have such an opportunity, especially right now. Yeah. To really devote. Yeah. And again, whatever it is, maybe we're all going to put our phones down. We're going to go for a walk so we can get the electronics down and a little bit of exercise. Maybe we're going to spend some time working on a gratitude jar and every night we're going to drop in a reason we were grateful for the day. And 
you know, maybe every month we dump those out and have a great special pizza dinner and we read them all to each other. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think it's, I love the idea of replacing it with something else that we're doing together because I can imagine it's easy to just, all right, I'm going to put my device in the timeout corner (laughs) and everybody's device is in the timeout corner. And then we still kind of go our separate ways on in the house or whatever. Like I love the idea of it being an intentional, we're all putting it here and then we're all going to do this thing together. And, And I think it helps to do that together. And it also helps us because I, I would say I've had parents say to me, but I might need it. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly how the kids feel. Yeah. And as a parent, we try to justify it a little bit harder. Well, I might need it because great aunt, grandma Sue might call me. Well, your kid might need it because maybe their friend who's suicidal might reach out to them. Yeah. And why we're going to easily say to our kids, well, that's not your problem that, mm-hmm. you know, that can wait. Mm-hmm. I think we have to recognize that these kids, these teenagers, they feel very strongly about supporting others, which is a great value these parents have instilled. Yeah. But then when we take it away, it becomes very scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. In the same way that it feels like I'm missing something if I don't have my phone right with me, I think our kids have developed a similar level of it feels weird without my device, particularly our teens. Absolutely. And And I think some of our teenagers just, it was really, it was really interesting. So last week, it's been a week ago, a week ago today, um, the internet went out, one of the major internet providers in my whole development. Oh, wow. And we have a Facebook group. And, you know, within two minutes, people are posting, is your internet out? And, you know, we're all kind of in solidarity. Yeah, it's out. What are we going to do? Four hours. Our internet was out for four hours. And then mind you, we weren't disconnected from the internet altogether. We still had Wi-Fi, like our, our not Wi-Fi, we had our data. Yeah, right. And people were so upset. Yeah. And, I, and I was, it was, and these are adults. And so yeah. it was really interesting to see that and be able to take a step back and, and see how our adults reacted for four hours without internet time. Yep. That it's like a tantrum. It was, it was an adult tantrum and it was, that's what our teenagers feel with far less skills to cope with. Like we're adults, we're supposed to have these skills to cope with it or find replacement items. Yeah. And then I saw all these, I mean, I'm talking like 50, 60 adults talking about how they're getting refunds for four hours of internet out. And I'm like, guys, this is what our kids feel like sometimes when they don't get their video game or their internet time or replace it with anything they, you tell them right now they can't go with their friends. Yeah. You know, that's what this feels like. It feels like they're, something's being stolen from them. Yeah. And I love, I love the kind of swing back around to how we model, like how we react to it is how our kids are reacting. But when our kids react that way, we want to punish them. Absolutely. Right. Like we we're so easily able to see in our kids, well, this is a defiant behavior. Yeah. And yet as the adults and the, the thing that I, that I kept coming back to for me, cause my husband and I actually very safely, very safely got in the car and said, let's go for a drive. Uh-huh. Let's go find a beautiful park, not get out of our car. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you, we went out, we were out for an hour and a half, maybe and the internet guy was there working on it the whole time up at his big bucket. And I kept thinking, 
somebody's actively working to fix your issue and yet you're still so upset. And again, these are kids, you know, maybe what we need to do is help our kids to recognize what else we can replace this with. I think that would have been a good time to share with our kids. We felt disappointed as the adults. Yeah. We felt frustrated that our plan of watching our very new TV show was in a, you know, Tiger King or whatever everyone's watching right now. Right. Right. They, you know, people were upset by it, but again, that was a great opportunity to share with our kids our feeling yeah. and what we can do differently. And I, and I think people missed that opportunity. Yeah. And I think it's a reminder that, you know, we always have opportunities with our kids to, to pause first and then model the reaction we want to see from them. Absolutely. And I think, it's okay to be disappointed or frustrated or yeah. annoyed or angry. Yeah. But now what? Cause like you said, you, I love the word you, they threw a tantrum. They're calling an internet provider to yell at them. They want money back for four hours of outage. And, and it, yeah, it was just, it was a very, and I kind of, you hear the chuckle in my voice. Like I just, I'm like, wow, this is a very interesting way to handle something that seems like in the grand scheme of your whole life, the four hours without the internet, we probably could just have grace for the internet provider and, you know, actually have gratitude for the, for the person who is in the bucket at the top of the pole, who is trying diligently to get it done as quickly as possible, you know, like, and those opportunities to even share that with our kids yeah. and, and be able to say, do you see how hard that person's working on a Friday night? Yeah. You know, be able to parallel it back to when they don't want to do their schoolwork. Yeah. I that love guy that. up there in a bucket, I'm sure he did not want to work from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah. I'm sure he wanted to go home more than we wanted our internet back. Yeah. And he <laughs> may have even been thinking to himself the whole time he was up there, like, I really just want to be with my family and it. Uh, yeah. And, and I think, and again, you know, this, we're talking a lot about electronics. This goes to even other parents will say to me, how do I help my kid get more exercise? And mm. typically my question back is how do we help the whole family? Yeah. And how do we do it in a way that's congruent to the whole, you know, maybe mom loves yoga, but I have a seven-year-old who goes, I think yoga is really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. How do we help the whole family to engage then in a, you know, a good chunk of my telehealth therapy in the last couple of weeks has been doing animal movements with a lot of my young kids. Yeah. And and, and we take turns. What animal do you really like? Oh, you like a cat? Well, how would a cat, and we can use it to even be mindful of a cat's a little bit more quiet in its movements versus if I'm a big elephant. Yeah. And we can, and it seems, I'm sure as I'm saying it, people are like, oh, that's simple. It doesn't have to be tools I need or, and I can slow, help a kid slow down even their thoughts by thinking about how does an animal move? How does it sound? Is it loud? Is it quiet? Does it smell? Would people back away from you? You know, I'm a donkey, but people aren't going to come up and pet me. Yeah. 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 I've had a similar, you know, in my time working with, with families too, where, it's, you know, I call it analysis paralysis, right? Where they have this idea that they need a plan for how they want to get their kid to have more exercise. And, you know, they want to like have this huge gigantic goal or whatever. And it's like, 
really the kids just want you to almost fly by the seat of your pants. Like if you wake up today and, um, you know, part of your parenting philosophy is you want your kids to move, you want them to be kind, you want them to be well-rounded or whatever, like every day, take one step toward that. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be just like you're saying something very, very simple. Absolutely. And and I oftentimes use the analogy and, and adults will laugh at me and kind of look at me and then go, I think that you're onto something. Mm. If we look at a, at, at a dryer full of laundry and go, I don't have 15 minutes to fold that. And I know that happens to me. I don't have 15 minutes right now. I have five. Yeah. Well, what's stopping me from folding five shirts then? Yeah. Right. My mindset saying I either have to do everything perfectly or yep. not at all. That's, that's the only thing stopping me. Yep. Because you know what? I have five minutes and I can do five shirts in five minutes. Yep. And I think we, again, our kids are going to take that lead from us. We have to show them it is okay to only fold five shirts. Yep. But what our kids often hear from us is I'm going to wait to do that later because I don't have time right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I think taking baby steps toward that, that final goal, especially now. And, um, you know, as we are spending more time together, I kind of talked about this on one of my um, other calls that I was doing, where it's like, we have more time now than we probably will ever have again, with our kids, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic. And, it's like, I don't want for anyone to look back and say, gosh, I had all that time and I didn't, I didn't do what I wanted my kids to do because I have my own stuff going on or whatever. And so, you know, as I think about what I want from this time specifically, I do have to kind of look in the mirror pretty pretty realistically and say like, what am I doing to model those for our family as the, you know, together with my spouse, like what, what am I, what are we, the leaders of our family doing to model what we want from our kids? I couldn't agree more. I just, I continue to look at back to the idea of that the kids are going to rely on us for the guidance. And I think that's exactly what you're just saying is the the two heads of the household, the two units, they're going to mimic us. You know, if we're vacuuming, they want to vacuum, but that also means they pick up on some of our not great things and, and some of our fears, you know, I'm sure everyone's seen on Facebook. Cause I have seen it a million times, you know, our kids are going to remember how you feel. They're not going to remember. And there's a lot of truth to that. They're going to remember the overarching feelings we had. They're not going to remember if they did that one math worksheet, you know, and it's okay. It's, it's okay that things don't look the same, Yeah. but we have to show our kids it's okay. And, and if we're complaining because, oh man, I can't believe that my meeting went an extra 20 minutes, um, you know, grace, you said the word grace earlier. And I think extending grace to people in our family unit and outside of our family unit and showing people that we can extend that grace. Yeah. You know, indecision brings out not the best in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So as we as we wrap up here and you think about like the families you've worked with, people you've known, maybe even your personal experience, like with that idea of extending grace and 
you know, specifically modeling that for the family, like what are some, maybe one or two tips you might have for families out there on how we can do that in a way that our kids will see it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is we have to be a little bit more reflective, maybe in the morning, maybe at night, maybe both on what is it we want from the day and what is it tomorrow that we can make look different to make us closer to what we want. Mm, That's good. We have, we have, we have to reflect on how we're going to show that to them because what I often find is we're responsive in the sense of we're just trying to make decisions, which is very understandable. You know, I hear like, we're just making it through the day. Yeah. You know, I, my hope is that we can thrive, not just survive. Yeah. Yeah. And and so my other tip would be for parents is, you know, and Beth, I I gotta say, I might've stolen this from you is ask your kids what they want Mm. and then figure out how to, how to hear that and how do we incorporate that? Yeah. I love that. I do love that. I mean, I love trying to get kids involved as much as possible, but I do love the the thought of kind of reflecting first, you know, and even sometimes reflecting out loud, Um, especially if our kids are older, kind of teaching that almost like teaching reflection, especially to our older kids, right? That that reflection, you know, the mindfulness of being able to say, and the humbleness of being able to also say, this didn't go well. Mm, yeah, it's good. I can look back or I can look back and say, this went really well. How do we take the piece of that that went really well and keep it? Yeah. And and so I think it's, it's, it's being mindful of if we're upset that we didn't get any exercise, how are we going to do that? How are we going to make that? You know, if you want your kids to have a better schedule for school tomorrow, how are you going to have a better school, better, excuse me, a better schedule for school? Right. You know, are you going to get up in the morning and show them a schedule you made? Yeah. And then again, they're probably going to emulate us because they, they want that. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. I love everything we've talked about. I think that there's um, so much good um, that can come from parents who've listened and hopefully can apply any of this. Um, You know, I want to uh, give a plug for your practice and um, share. Uh, My website is Make Words Matter for Good. You can find us at um, MWM, Make Words Matter, MWM with Kids on Facebook, if you would like to follow. And Amanda, give us your practice website and your Facebook or any social media you got so that people can follow you too. Absolutely. So my website is alofamilycounseling.com. And then my Facebook page is the same thing, ALO Family Counseling. Just just look for us, like us, follow us, post in tons of resources for people right now that they can use with their kiddos at home to hopefully help all of us feel a little bit better. I know. Isn't it so true? It's so true. I mean, I appreciate you taking time out to chat with me and share your wisdom. I always appreciate talking with you. It's it's so nice when kind of our, our kid... Um, you know, kid focused minds come together and and share some, some good thoughts for our listeners. So hopefully y'all can uh, take something away. And until next time, we'll talk with you soon. Bye guys. Thank you. Okay. Okay.